The one about where it, I like literally looked, it was like the end of May, you quit teaching. <laughs> and we had like no expletives yeah. in our podcast. And then Nina quits teaching and it's just like 20 red eats yeah. after like the exact date. Yeah. So now <laughs> our podcast is marked explicit because sometimes we throw in some, some choice words in the episodes. Welcome to the Finding Your Shine podcast, hosted by best friends, Nina Boyce and Liz Garster. Enjoy a dose of Monday motivation each week as we interview people lighting up the communities of health and wellness, spirituality, and personal growth. Wherever you are on your journey to health, happiness, and self-love, our real and authentic conversations with guests will keep you inspired and empowered. And keep you laughing too. Thanks for listening. We're honored to join you in finding your shine. Hey, everyone. Today on the podcast, we are talking to health coach Jen Lyons, and we really dive into the topic of intuitive eating, which we've touched here on the podcast before. But we've, we haven't hit that topic in a long time. And I think it's great to get that sort of reminder um, and that check-in to tune in with your body and really listen to what it needs. Absolutely. And I actually talked to her when we recorded this episode. I had just gotten done like giving an intuitive eating pep talk to someone who needed to hear it. And I just, I can't say enough how much it hurts me to see women basing their worth on a pant size or a number on the scale when their worth is... They just have inherent worth just by being themselves, just by existing on this earth. And it just exactly kind of fired and up. the piece <laughs> Yeah. And the piece that really gets me fired up is we worry so much about these things that just don't have to matter. And I know firsthand what it feels like to worry about things that don't matter. And to have this anxiety that really starts to take over your life and you realize you're not living in the fullest moment. And so many women are struggling with that just by always counting their calories, always worrying about what they're going to put into their body and not fully enjoying moments like going out to eat with family and friends because you're constantly thinking about food and your weight and body image. It's a, it's a really important topic. And I think it's probably going to be one of those topics that we continue to bring up and discuss on the podcast. Can we also just like as a sidebar, I feel like if anyone out there wants to do a finding your shine Philly Columbus situation. I feel like that needs to happen, even though I don't live in Columbus yes. anymore. But she's also from Philly. And I'm like, everyone that I love is from Philly. <laughs> we know, yeah. It seems like we have a lot of Columbus-based people and then a ton of Philly-based people. And we need to make that happen. We also have a ton of LA-based friends too. Yes. But that's a little bit further than Philly. So maybe we can make the Philly, that's the, the Philly Columbus. bridge the gap there. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. So if you are somebody that struggles with food and calorie counting and body image, this is going to be a great reminder episode for you. And even if you're not, you know, that's something that's not on your set of worries, this episode is going to hopefully make you think about other areas of your life where you're using control and anxiety um, to take over. But before we hop into this episode, we do have a couple sponsors that we want you guys to be aware of. If you've been listening to the podcast for the past few weeks, you have heard us talking about Further Foods. And Further Foods Collagen is an incredible supplement that is really wonderful for your gut, wonderful for your nails, hair, skin, all of the things. And all you have to do is pop this powder into a smoothie, some coffee, 
I've done it in oatmeal. Oatmeal? Yeah, Please, I've done yeah. it in my oatmeal. I've talked about that. Um, and it's tasteless, but it's really wonderful for you. It's one of the easiest supplements I have to incorporate into my day. And another thing we love about Further Foods, like we love with many of our sponsors, um, anytime that we can support a completely female-owned business, we are all about that. So if you want to support not only a business that's dedicated to helping you be healthier and happier, but also run by women, Mm -hmm. that is what you need to do. And you know that we are really big on putting quality ingredients into our body, and their collagen is 100% grass-fed and highly sourced. They also have a marine-based collagen, so if you're a little bit weary about uh, the fact that it's, you know, coming from beef, then I would check out the marine-based collagen. They also have a turmeric tonic, which is wonderful for reducing inflammation. So lots of great things over at furtherfood.com. And if you're interested in purchasing some of their products, you can use our code FINDINGYOURSHINE for 10% off your order. We also want to talk about a great new app that we've been using to help bring mindfulness into our lives even more, and that is the Align Mindfulness app made by a woman right here in Central Ohio, which we love to support. Um, If you are a person that finds yourself throughout the day kind of losing track of mindfulness, it's obviously really easy with things like work stress or family stress or just like living life stress to kind of not be mindful throughout the day. This app on your phone helps you take a little break with reminders that ask you, you know, where are you right now? What does it smell like right now? Here's a mantra to say to yourself. So if you're finding it difficult to incorporate mindfulness into your daily activities, this is a great way to do that without even really knowing. Mm -hmm. And I talk to my clients often about incorporating meditation into their day because it has a host of benefits, not only from a mental standpoint and working on, you know, really acknowledging and being aware of your thoughts, but also from a physiological standpoint. It switches your body from a sympathetic state to a parasympathetic state. And what I hear most often is that they just don't feel like they have time to put in five minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes into meditation. And although we try and work those times in, um, this app is a way to get that bit of awareness and attention to your mind in like three seconds. So if you Uh feel like mindfulness is one of those things that you want to do, but you just haven't worked it into your habits yet, download this app and it'll at least get you started with being aware of your thoughts and learning how to center yourself in the current moment in no time. It's completely free, which is great. We love free. And yeah, and you can find it in the Apple App Store if you search for Align Mindfulness. All right, that's all we have for you for this episode. Let's hop into it with Jen Lyons. I know. I met with Julie Wino today um, for my first business coach meeting, and it was great. I'm feeling, like, really inspired to get shit done. Like, I'm so glad to be home, and, like, now I'm going to get back into routine. Even though I was trying, I was working when I was away, it was just like a little bit harder to be focused because you're out of your typical routine. Well, I feel like also when you have so many moving parts, it's hard to like know which one to prioritize. Yeah. No one's telling you. I'm sure you feel the same. Like you're just like, I guess I got to decide what's important now and go. (laughs) (laughs) I definitely agree. Yes. Well, let's roll back into like who you are because we've started this conversation and our listeners may or may not have heard of you. So if you would just give a little bit of background on who you are and like how you got into this line of work, that would be really interesting. 
Yeah, of course. So my name is Jen Lyons. I am a health coach based out of Philly. Um, I also have a podcast, which is called Finding Wellness, where I've been interviewing individuals in the wellness space. And I also work in HR at a consulting firm. So I do a lot of different things, but I think for the health coaching part, I do work a lot of with women who kind of suffer with restrictive eating and helping them get back into intuitive eating. So I know you guys are familiar with all of that space too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We're huge fans of intuitive eating here on Fighting Your Shame podcast. Yes, definitely. Something I'm so passionate about as well. And um, with the Finding Wellness podcast, I felt like working in the consulting world, I wasn't really connecting with a lot of women in wellness. And so this has really allowed me to get to hear from so many inspiring women. So that's something that lights me up as well. So love that. Now you are living like the nine to five life and then doing coaching on the side right now. How does that you know, me. Yes, it's good because I do it either before or after work, mm. but then I also have my interviews. Um, so it does take up a lot of time and, but I feel like, because maybe I'm not finding that, can, like, I feel like I'm not helping people as much in HR, mm-hmm. like, I guess maybe with like some legal stuff, but I don't feel like I'm helping people as much as I would like. So I feel like it gives me that sense of purpose and fulfillment that I maybe not getting in my nine to five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're living the Nina life. That's exactly what I was, well, Liz too, like working and then coaching and then podcasting. It's a lot of hats to juggle. Like it, it really is a lot of hats to juggle, but do you find that it brings like a lightness and an enjoyment to your day and not so much as like a stress, obviously, because you enjoy doing it. Yeah, definitely. I know I've been thinking a lot about kind of where I want to go with everything. And I feel like right now it brings me that sense of purpose that I'm maybe not feeling in my nine to five, but mm-hmm. I do, I do feel the benefit of my nine to five in terms of salary and benefits to allow me to do all of this. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to balance it all, but I, I enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, it's probably like in your nine to five. I don't know if you have this where like, I know there's purpose in what I do. Like, obviously, I mean, human resources, like human is in the name, like there's purpose there, but <laughs> like, you're like too far from it. Like you don't see the like day to day, how it's helping. You see like the big picture. So it doesn't feel as, I don't know. Immediate gratification. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I don't know. I, I was talking about this recently about how I kind of hate small talk. I love like getting really deep with people and knowing. That's why you're a coach. <laughs> yes. Well, that's like the opposite of HR. HR is like very like, I, know, I would imagine. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I'm like, well, I feel like I can have these like really deep, meaningful conversations outside of my job. So mm. I love that. Yeah. Like, I. I like that you have meaning in both of your careers and both of the things that you're doing um, and that you give value to both because I think a lot of times people really outweigh one or the other. Like, I hate this and I love this. And it's yeah. nice to have that sort of like, this is why I appreciate and have this piece of my life. And this is why I appreciate and have this other piece of my life. And we can work it all in together. Yeah, definitely. You know, I actually saw this like Reiki healer this weekend and she was 
reading me into I don't know if you guys believe in all this stuff, but she no, was totally. saying, we oh, see we have a Reiki healer. Her name is Megan. Oh, okay. Shout out to <laughs> Megan Trap, Happy Place Reiki. We share her. Go find so her. So happy. <laughs> I love that. Well, and she was saying she's like, you are someone who's rooted in stability and you love mm. being stable. And I, that's something I didn't even really think until she said that. And she was like, that's what your nine to five is good for right now. So Ooh, um, I like that. So I think it takes like getting to know yourself too and what you need, um, which I think is important. So I don't know if that's something you guys have thought about as well. Because every time I go to Megan, I'm ungrounded. <laughs> She's like always trying to ground me. And it's something that I work on a lot. Like I just have a lot of ideas. And I mean, you can even probably tell in the way that I speak, like I'll listen to myself on the podcast. I'm like, I'm so always like up and down and in the air and it, it, my body reflects that. My energy reflects that. And Reiki, I need to always focus on grounding. So I can tell just from your presence and your speaking voice, your it calms me a little bit. I'm like, yeah, she's like, she's got the grounding thing going on. <laughs> well, happy to hear that because I don't always feel that way. <laughs> Liz, what was your thing? What did, Didn't Megan say that you were completely balanced? Like, didn't you have this amazing Reiki session? You were all aligned. I did. She said like everything was super balanced except my third chakra, my solar plexus, which is like willpower. And I was like, yeah, I know. And confidence and things like that. You're like, yeah, girl, tell me something I don't know. And then the second time I had it, which was actually over the phone, was like remote Reiki, which I was like, it it was really weird because I could like actually feel her. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really weird, but I could feel her on my legs. Like she does this thing where she like cleanses. Oh my God, that's She's what like, I felt too at the end. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I knew she was going to call me um, because I felt the cleansing where they swipe all the energy from you mm-hmm. and I could feel her doing that. And I was like, yeah, I might be making this up, but if she calls me, then I'm not making this up. Yeah. So the second time I did it, it was um, my... I can't remember the order. My head, my head chakra. What is that one? Crown. Like, yeah. And my third one were both not balanced. And then they like came into balance at like the exact same time together. Like they were interdependent on each other. It's very interesting. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I think energy work is fascinating. Do you do any other types of energy work besides Reiki? I haven't. No. I thought it was so interesting though. But she was like saying, she was like, I release the initial S from your body. And I was like, what? Like, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. (laughs) You had to like think about your past and like who S is. And it's just interesting when all of that, they can see all of that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, when I'm in Reiki, I feel, I can feel her energy like as she goes across my body. And one time she was on like my thighs. I don't know what area that is exactly. And all of these creative ideas, like, were flooding my mind. All of the things that I've been wanting to do were just flooding my mind. And I asked her in the middle, I was like, are you on one of my chakras that represents creativity? And she was like, yes. And it is on fire right now. But she was trying to balance that. So in my mind, I felt like that's a good thing, but it's actually, you can't have too much. Like, you know what I mean? You have to ground that. And I just find it interesting that I see colors. Like, I don't know. Do you see colors and feelings? Yeah. I saw purple, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. I see purple all the time. What do you see, Liz? Um, I saw purple and I saw like a teal blue color. Cool. Yeah. Have you guys tried acupuncture? Liz won't. I won't. Do acupuncture. 
I haven't. I, do you guys, do you like it, Nina? I love it. I love it <laughs> as a pair to Reiki. It's a little bit more, it's obviously more invasive because they're sticking like needles, but they're not freaky. Like you're not putting gigantic needles in your body. It's just like a little pin. You barely feel it, but I, it, I don't want to feel it at all. You barely feel it. <laughs> you barely feel it. And I'm, I don't know how to yeah. explain it, but it is different. It feels different than Reiki. It's a little bit more intensified for me personally. Right away. Interesting. Yeah, I, she was telling me that I guess with acupuncture, you feel it within a week. Mm. And massage, you feel like instantly. And then mm-hmm. Reiki is kind of in the middle. I feel acupuncture immediately. Oh, really? Yeah, I feel it as, as soon as I'm getting it. I can tell. It's almost like a wave. Like I can feel the energy start to flow immediately. You know, it takes a couple minutes or whatever to get into it or however long it takes me to get into it. And then when I'm done, my entire body feels really balanced and I feel calmer. But although I feel really calm after Reiki too, and I feel really sleepy sometimes after Reiki. Yes, I can see that. (laughs) Yeah. So how, what got you into wellness? We didn't even talk about how you decided to get into it. Yeah, definitely. So I guess my journey kind of started when I went to college, I guess my freshman year, I kind of had a hard transition into college. And I don't know if you guys did as well, but I feel like there was this idea that college was supposed to be like the best four years. And I had a hard transition where I felt like I loved high school. I loved my family and friends and I was just getting over a breakup and just had a hard transition. So I felt like I used food and exercise as kind of my coping mechanism to almost like numb out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I ended up getting mono and I couldn't exercise anymore. And that's kind of where my anxiety just kind of skyrocketed. And I was so fearful of gaining weight. So I just developed this whole restrictive eating pattern and um, it just started to get pretty bad. And I didn't even tell anyone it, but I think people started to know. Um, and I was like, I, I need to get help. So I ended up leaving school, which was definitely so hard for me as someone who's super type A and just um, not, I felt like I was like not going down the right path leaving school, but I knew it was something I needed to do for my help in order to help myself in the long term. Um, so I ended up leaving school and discovering kind of more got into yoga and meditation yeah. and kind of healed myself. Um, I never really sought help, which I probably should have. But I think later on, I, I realized I would love to give back to other women who maybe are in the same boat and which led me to enrolling in IIN and fast forward like five more years after I went back to school and entered the corporate world and was looking to, um, give back that way when I wasn't feeling in the corporate world that I was helping people as much as I wish I could. So, yeah. So you had your experience in college, left college, got your certificate at IIN, but you, did you do anything with it at the time? Oh, so actually, no, I went back to college oh. and I got my certificate when I was in the corporate world. So Got it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mixed that up. That's, that's kind of what my story with like, finding, yeah, when I left, I kind of got more into the holistic yeah. room where I was getting into yoga and meditation and finding ways to kind of cure my anxiety and my, my restrictive eating naturally, like through, yeah, this whole World. calming, yeah, spirituality and everything like that. 
It's the exact same yeah. thing I did. How was awesome. like in college? Like, I mean, I it's it's hard because I know there are resources for kids that go through stuff like that, but I almost feel like at that age, you're too like embarrassed or ashamed to ask for help and go to the resources. You're like, what? I'm going to go talk to like the therapist. Like you're afraid people will find out about stuff. Like it's kind of this weird place where you're like not old enough to know it's okay to ask for help. Oh, definitely. Supposed to be having the best time of your life. And like, I think there are a lot of, I mean, I don't, remember I'm trying to like put myself back in college. I mean, I know as far as like restrictive eating stuff, I feel like, you know, we were always doing the whole like eat and then like go to the gym and try to like burn off stuff or like. Yeah, I never went to the salad. gym though. <laughs> oh, that was just I like never went to the gym, roommates. but I feel like we did lots of walks. I think I went to the gym very spottily. Like I would spottedly horrid. I would go to the gym and I'd maybe do the elliptical and like a ton of crunches. And that's all I knew how to do. But I was always counting, like choosing the light turkey and the light cheese and the low fat ranch. And I don't, I don't remember consciously thinking about food too much, just that I was always choosing the light and sugar-free and fat-free options of things. And I don't remember ever worrying about like gluten or dairy or sugar, any of that in college. Yeah, definitely. It was like all this zero calorie food. Exactly. I was so obsessed with like light and fit yogurt, yes. zero calorie dressings and stuff that just is not fueling your body properly. No. And no. I think, yeah, it becomes a problem when you're <laughs> counting cal- Oh, sorry. When you're counting calories and letting it just like consume your thoughts and it gets, it's, just life is so much better when you don't even have to think about that. And yeah. Um, the, yeah. I was just talking today about like, have you seen the people that you work with? Like, have you seen them free up so much more mental space when they stop focusing on every single thing that goes into their body and start focusing on like what they truly value? Yes, definitely. I mean, I have, I have clients from college to like, women in their fifties. And so it is something it's like these girls in college, I feel like they are losing like this experience in college, just focusing so much on food. And I've seen like this one girl just transform so much that she's now like cooking food with her roommates Mm. and like going out to dinner with them. And just like before she couldn't do that when she started, like she would make excuses for everything. Mm -hmm. And that is like, I'm like, you've come so far, like just to do that um, and just to be able to go to social gatherings and not let it consume your thoughts, um, which is such a problem that I don't think is talked about. I know for me, when I was going through, I was too embarrassed to even tell my parents or anyone. I kind of, when I left school, was just like, I don't, I don't like it here. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't even want to admit what was going on because there's like a, sh- a shame around like letting food consume your thoughts. Like you're not able to control that. So I think a lot of people also don't know that it's a problem because yeah. it's almost normalized to mm-hmm. overthink food and to, and it's normal to count calories. It's almost prized in some way. Like, Oh, I'm using my fit, my Fitbit or whatever, not Fitbit. What's the tracker food thing called? My fitness pal. Yeah. Like I'm using oh, yeah. my fitness pal. And <laughs> then people are like, Oh my goodness. So how many calories are you eating? And like, you're doing this and you're doing that. And it seems like a good thing, 
but you really know when it's the only thing you're thinking about, you're not in the present moment. You're missing out on so much of your life because you just can't stop thinking about food. And I, it's not until somebody really hits that point sometimes that I think they realize it's a problem. Mm -hmm. Oh, definitely. I know. And I mean, it doesn't always have to happen when you're in college. Like I have someone who's in her fifties and a mom and she's saying it's yeah affecting like her having dinner with her family and missing out on that. And it is so sad. Like when those things happen, because I know there's such little things, but in the big, in like the big scheme of life, they are such big things. Like spending time with your family Mm -hmm. is such a big one and friends and and, um, and eating is a very cultural thing to do. It's a way that we yeah. connect. So it's not just fueling your body, which it is, but it's also mm-hmm. about connection and enjoying your time with people and exploring and traveling and, and all of these things tend to tie around food. And so building a healthy relationship with it is important for so many reasons. Exactly. And half the time I realize that I'm not even talking about food. Like yeah. it's so much other factors in your life that are affecting it so it's usually when something else is out of whack which I'm sure you guys know is like to help Nina you're a health coach yeah like that you dive into some other factors too that I think are so important to think about I feel like a lot of times the food is the symptom in that it's like I'll be like you're unhappy for whatever reason like you're not happy with yourself you're not happy with your you could be unhappy for a myriad of reasons but you turn and say, like, I'll be happy when mm-hmm. I weigh this much or look this way. And it's not really about the food, but you're using that image as a way to, like, not give yourself what you—you don't think you deserve something. Mm-hmm. So you, you make up this excuse in your head mentally of, like, well, I don't deserve it because I don't look this way. It's a very complex— like thought process. It could be food. It could be, I'll be happy when I get this job. I'll be happy when I get this raise. I'll be happy when I pay off this credit card, which we talked about in last week's episode. It's like, doesn't matter where it is. If it's, if it's controlling your life and it's something that you think that you are broke, like you're broken, you need to fix this before you can be happy. That's a sign right there that it's not the problem, right? It's something deeper. It's a belief that needs to be transformed. Totally. And I, I love that because I feel like sometimes we get so sucked into these when I have mm. that we're not living in the moment. And a lot of times I think we don't even, aren't even able to get what you want because you're not even at like that happiness level to receive it, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you're so, such in like a low vibration. Um, if you, I don't know if you listen to like Gabby Bernstein stuff. Oh, she yeah. always talks about all of that stuff, which I love. It's and it's like bringing yourself up to that higher frequency mm-hmm. to receive. We so, we had a conversation with the girls of Elevate the Globe. I don't know if you follow them. They also have a oh podcast. My gosh, I love them. Yeah, yes. I think their podcast is called the Elevator <laughs> Podcast. But in our conversation yeah. with them they gave us this really great explanation about how when you are at a low frequency or low vibrational energy, you can't automatically just jump up to this high frequency. You sort of have to take it in gradual steps. And so if you're, if you're in this place or if you're listening to this and you're like, well, I know that I'm in this like lower frequency place and I just, I can't 
get myself to all like what you're talking about. Like I can't get myself to this mindful place. I can't just love my body. You have to take the baby steps to get there. And then you also have to remember that when you're in that low vibrational energy, the things you're attracting are also resonating at that same frequency. So you just have to go one step at a time. Definitely. And even with like the loving your body thing, I I forget who said this, but they were like, you're not just going to wake up one day and be like, I love my body, Mm -hmm. but like just getting to a place where you just tolerate your body is like such a big step. Um, So I think it's important to know that it's not just something that you're just going to wake up one day and, and feel so differently. Like it's, it's a long process and something that takes having grace with yourself and tolerating it mm-hmm. first is such a big step. So what would you say, like if someone comes to you and you're talking about intuitive eating and they're like, but if I can eat whatever I want, like I'm just going to eat mozzarella sticks for every single meal for the rest of my life and cupcakes every once in a while. Like what, what would you say to someone who's afraid to, tr- like when you've, mm-hmm. I, mean, I had been dieting when I started practicing intuitive eating. Like I've been dieting since I was like nine years old. It's really hard to say, like, what I can eat. Like, I can have ice cream and it doesn't make me a big fat whale. Like, <laughs> no, I totally get that. And I get this question a lot. And I think it's important to realize that your body doesn't naturally crave ice cream 100% of the time. And if it does, there's probably something, an imbalance going on there. Um, but I think when you put these foods on like a pedestal, like, yeah, I have a client who, when she has ice cream, it's like she wants to have like six scoops of ice cream and all the toppings. And it's like this big occasion where she only lets herself have this like on rare occasions. And it's when you put that on the pedestal that it's like, it's more important than any other food. And I think when you just put them on an equal playing field, it's so much more important. So, or so much better when you can do that, like trying to explain this, but when you like say that you can't have something, it makes you want it that much more. Yes. Um, so that's where it comes into play when you say that you can't have ice cream. It's like, then it's like so hard for you to do that. But when you say that you can have all these foods, it, it just, and you start having like ice cream every day, like one scoop, you're just going to be like, I don't really crave this anymore. It's not that as great as I had imagined it. So our brains are very like silly things. Yes. I was gonna say this maybe like an inappropriate analogy, but I'm gonna go there. Like they've said, you know, studies have shown that like abstinence only sex education mm. like doesn't work. Like, you know, like just don't do it. Just say no, never do it, never have sex, the end. Like that's not humans are wired to just do the like food lights up certain parts of your brain. That feels it's a reward like, system. Like, like yes. yeah, so if you're like, just don't eat pizza ever again for the rest of your life, like that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's a really good analogy because my parents always said this. They're like, we don't want to be super strict parents because when parents are like super strict and tell you you can't do anything, that's when you have these like rebellious children. That was the example uh, I was going to get. <laughs> was like if like Liz gave the abstinence example, and I was going to chime in with. Just imagine yourself as a kid. Like every time your parents told you not to do something, that's what you wanted to do. Yes. And I also had this conversation. So I struggle a little bit when I get out of my typical routine. Um, Bad anxiety habits. 
will pop up. So when I travel, that tends to happen. So I called my friend Emily up, who's a psychiatrist, and I was like, Emily, like, give me some advice. And she made a really good point that when I travel, I so much don't want to feel anxiety or I don't want to feel anything out of the norm that I bring it upon myself because it's the one thing I don't want to think about. So then it's the thing I think about. And it's about accepting. Like, so I relate everything back to anxiety because that's my thing, but it's about accepting it and being like, this is where I am right now and that's okay. And I'm accepting that that feeling is here, but I don't mean to necessarily push it away or like block it from my life. It's here for a reason and it's teaching me something. Maybe like, how can I thank this? I think when it comes to food, it's like, I recognize that I want this pizza so bad, but it's not necessarily that I need it or, you know, like what, what is this teaching me as opposed to like, why is this so hard? And I just want to push it away type of thing. Yeah, definitely. Sometimes you have to like sit with those emotions and I feel like emotions are there for a reason. And a lot of people numb those emotions out Mm -hmm. through food or alcohol, whatever. Exercise, Um, all of it. Yeah. So (laughs) I think it's important to have just like, I was just talking to someone about this, but having like a toolbox of mm. things in your toolbox of that you can fall back on when you feel anxious and like going for a walk or listening to music. What are your toolbox someone. items? <laughs> Mine are, yeah, going for a walk, calling like my mom or a friend. Um, I like to listen to podcasts which has allowed me to listen to all your mm-hmm. stuff. So glad. So glad you haven't. I don't know whether to root for your anxiety or not. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yes. that we don't annoy you too much. Like I, sometimes when I listen to our episodes, I'm like, man, we're kind of annoying. It is weird listening to your, like my boyfriend yeah. will sometimes play the podcast yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, stop. I, I know. listening to myself. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you feel that way, but. I do feel that way. <laughs> Liz doesn't really listen back on them that often. I was going to say, I don't know. I don't know. It's weird, but I, I record them and they're there. And I, we could have a big section where like it wasn't edited and I'm just swearing a bunch or something. And I would never know because <laughs> I don't, it's out there and I, I found, let it be. I found that it helps me that. when I tune in sometimes and listen, it helps me pick up my ticks. So the things that I do or say all of the time, I'm like, girl, you got to get that under control. So listening is a little bit helpful, but that's another self-criticism thing. You know, like it pops its head, it pops its head up in many different ways. So like listening to the podcast, like here I am again, (laughs) judging myself and judging like my self-worth and am I good enough? It doesn't matter. I mean, it happens all through life. Yeah, definitely. I even feel that way with like, if I do like an Instagram story, I'm like, oh, I don't want to ever go back and listen. Yeah. (laughs) Instagram stories are Liz's enemy. Oh, I feel you, Liz. I made one. I was really proud of it. Wait, what did you do? The one about where I like literally looked. It was like the end of May. You quit teaching. (laughs) And we had like no expletive in our podcast. And then Nina quits teaching. And it's just like 20 red Yeah, after like the exact date. Yeah. So now (laughs) our podcast is marked explicit because sometimes we throw in some, some choice words in the episodes. Oh which gosh, we used that. to bleep out in case kids were listening, which who knows if they are. <laughs> anyway, they might. They might still be listening. But I'm not there. So I have, a, yes. I have a question about um, 
the difference between intuitive eating and the health at every size movement? Are they like cousins? Are they the same thing? Yeah. So intuitive eating is more of the bridge gap from like if you have an eating disorder, restrictive eating to get you back into normal eating. And then health is every size is kind of like a movement where um, it's, yeah, it's not as like a bridge gap. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. I have a question about um, when you choose not to eat certain foods because they don't make you feel well, like Mm -hmm. how does that go with intuitive eating? Because in my line of work, I like to sort of limit certain foods um, or whatever just to balance our bodies and balance our hormones. And so I struggle with that a little bit because then I don't want to dive into you know, making things trigger foods or making people who have struggled with intuitive eating in the past um, feel restricted in any way. So how do you battle that? Yeah, I mean, I think intuitive eating is also just listening to what your body needs and what feels good for you. So I have to make my clients do like a list of what feels good and what doesn't. Mm. And then being intuitive is like, okay, well, if eggs aren't making me feel good, then I'm not going to have them. And that's listening to my body. So I think that's totally possible to mm, do that. Okay, good. That always has worried me for some reason, but you're right. It makes sense. When things don't make you feel good, you are listening to what your body needs. Yeah, definitely. I know I, I, some people, I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but in the intuitive eating world can be like super harsh, like, like, oh, you have to eat donuts all day. That's that's not something that resonates with me. Um, and I do feel like you want to feel good. Like you want to have your body feel good. And that does, and I think that's, that's what I preach. I think that like, that takes knowing your body super well and what makes foods make it feel good and what foods don't make it feel good. So I think it's just, yeah, understanding what, makes you tick. (laughs) Do you have any favorite practices for getting people into their body and to feel what their body needs? Because I find that if you haven't really felt it before, or you haven't been in tune with that, you might not even know what that means. Yeah. I think meditation is super good. Um, Yoga. Um, A lot of my clients are like pretty cardio heavy, um, Mm -hmm. which I think once they like slowed down, like that was something that was so huge for me. I wrote a blog post on this about how like yoga and meditation helped me with my restrictive eating and my anxiety. And for some reason, I think anxiety and eating disorders are super linked. Mm. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that, but yes, I think when people have anxiety, so many of us do, we, we have to control something. Yes. Because Mm -hmm. other parts of our life feel out of control. That could be food, like we talked about earlier. It could be any part of your life. You feel like that's what you're going to control because you can't control this other portion of your life. Totally. Yes. And I I feel like meditation helps you just feel like everything's going to work out Mm -hmm. and (laughs) it's all going to be okay. And just taking like 10 minutes a day is really all you need. Like you don't need to have this huge practice. I think sometimes people can be scary. If you just take a few minutes and even like, I'm just going to say this, but like, even if you're in an office and just like going to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and like closing your eyes, you can just meditate there for like a minute. So I think I used to go out to my car. I would would have a break in between classes or I would just sit in my chair. Yeah. And 
and you're helping yourself to help these other people too. So Mm -hmm. I think doing whatever works for you is important. Yeah. And just from a body standpoint, it switches your body from a sympathetic state to a parasympathetic state. So it's like priming your body mentally. It makes you feel better, but then it also makes you feel calmer. So Mm -hmm. it's just doing all of these great things. And you like, you only need five minutes, just like you said. Yeah, definitely. Do you um, have any or like know of any or recommend any that are, I've never done like an eating specific meditation. Do those exist? Like I'm always like, that's a good one. I don't know one, but that would be such a good idea to think of one. (laughs) Mindful eating list? Yeah, Yeah, I have a couple. kind of. Like a meditation for my body. Yeah. So there's a couple things and I tie it to digestion because that's how when you calm your body while you're eating, it helps you process, digest your food better and absorb the nutrients from your food. So like one thing you can do is focus on your chewing. So you're supposed to chew your food until it's liquid. So one way to be mindful while you're eating is to really focus on counting your chews. It's one thing you can do. It's really hard. Try it. Try and chew a bite for like 30 bites. It's so hard. It's awful. You have to like swallow right away. And then the other thing you can do is just sit and focus. You have to turn all devices off. Make sure the TV's off. You're eating quietly, focusing on the smell, focusing on the taste. You just focus on the senses of eating or you focus on the food and like you, um, you can sort of pray over it if that's your thing or just give gratitude to your food, but something that anchors you in the current moment are the three tricks that I use. Oh, I love that. I know, um, Robin Euclid always talks about chewing your food to liquid. Oh yeah. She's one of my gut health gurus. So that's probably like where I picked it up. She has the chewing challenge. Yes. I know. I've been trying to do that, but I haven't mastered it. So How do you, so we talked a little bit about putting food on a pedestal and we also talked about food, like being a really cultural thing Mm -hmm. in many cases. How do you balance? Like I straight up love food. (laughs) I go somewhere and I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe they're putting like caramelized onions on this dish. I'm so excited to eat it. She gets four course meals. I, I love do. it. Like I go, it's like an experience. Nina always laughs. Like, I do. I go, like, she gets the appet- appetizer. Yes. Dinner drink with the dessert. <laughs> like I love that. <laughs> I worry that that's like emotional eating, like to place so much pleasure on the food. Like what's healthy and what's not? <laughs> you know, I, I would say emotional eating is more where you're like completely numbing out and like almost like a binge. Do you know what I mean? But I think emo- like I think what you're talking about is just like enjoying food with loved ones. And like, that's like a whole, yeah, what we were saying, like a whole part of what eating is and like what you want to get back to. And I, I think that's completely intuitive eating what you're doing. So you're <laughs> mindful. Like should it be like, yes, yes. Like I, I felt like I was giving the food too much power over my happiness. No, no. I mean, for me, I would think emotional eating is more like when you're like super stressed and you're just eating to like numb away that stress and just 
you seem like you're happy in the moment and like enjoying this experience with your friends. I think that that's probably (laughs) one of the best practices of mindful eating because you're, because you're doing exactly what I said. You're like enjoying the smells (laughs) and you're enjoying the taste and you're looking forward to like this pair with that pair. So you are probably in the best state to digest all that food because you're like calm and happy and ready to, (laughs) ready to roll. Yeah, you're there. I also, I plan, like, I'm like, I'm going to eat this meal tonight. So I need to look at the menu now, start, like, mentally preparing yeah. for what I'm going to eat. You are the poster child for mindful eating. Yeah. So good job. Liz, like, Liz asked the question, but didn't know she was the answer to the question. Not emotional eating. Yeah. Do you find that you struggle now with um, old habits that'll pop up? You know, I I have, but like in the fact of like, I will, but I won't let it like ruin my day. I think before it would be like, okay, well, I just like numb down this food. So I'm going to just keep eating and stuff like that. So I think it's more like, okay, I just wasn't completely aware that I was just eating for, to kind of cope with my stress, but I acknowledge it and now I'm going to move on. So I think it, we're all human. And I think it's important to realize that this whole thing is a journey and a process. And I think when you get to a point though, when you can just move on and not let it take over your day or let you continue to have to go into that binge, I think is really important. So it's so important for people to realize that myself included, um, when old habits pop back up, um, it's so easy to be like, I remember this feeling, oh my gosh, am I going to undo all of this hard work that I've done? Like, am I going to go back to that place? And I found when I just acknowledge how quickly I, whether it be a couple days, a week, whatever, even if it's like longer than just a moment that I've been stuck in a negative spot. I remember that before it was like years, right? So like being able to, to counteract those with like a positive is it's just that one thing you have to keep remembering if anything old starts to come back up. Yeah. And I think, yeah, just reminding yourself that you're human and that I think sometimes we put these people on like pedestals, like they have everything figured out. And Mm -hmm. I think that's not healthy either. Like no one's, no one's perfect. So we see the highlight reels of what people are doing and we compare ourselves because we think that they don't have anything going on either, which is why I really love when I find people that share both, like they share the struggle. I, I find that when I'm going through a hard time, I go to their profiles because it makes me feel better. I'm like, you seem like you have it all put together, but you also struggle. So that makes me feel more humanized. (laughs) Exactly. I know social media is something that I definitely struggle with like finding a healthy balance. I don't know if that's something you guys do too. Just like, Mm, mm -hmm. I think too, like Instagram makes, there's no context for those pictures and how they were produced. Like it looks so effortless, like like, crazy yoga Mm -hmm. pose, but like you never see the back end of like all the work that's going into making that picture look the way it does. In many cases, like there is some editing or, you know, things going on. So we're, we compare ourselves to something that isn't even real and we don't have the full story, Mm -hmm. which is exactly me. Yeah. The woes of social media. I'm just really speaking of Fitspo. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. 
I was going to say, speaking of Fitzpo, I wanted to ask about your relationship with movement. Because I think, like, intuitive eating, like, eating is in the name, but there's also a movement component. Because I know I, I recently identified that rather than binge eating, like, my issues, a lot of it was over-exercising. Oh, yeah. No, that's a great question, Liz. I definitely saw that in my own life. I was, used to be a huge runner where I would run marathons and half marathons and, I was always running, um, which was definitely not healthy. And um, then I just became, I shifted into totally doing yoga when I started moving into this intuitive eating phase. And now I feel like I've come to a healthy balance where I'm like, I know if I want to go for a run, but I I never really exceed three miles. Um, Or if I know if I need yoga or bar or something, but it's not like I ever let my day be validated by exercise. It definitely used to be that way where it was like, if I didn't exercise, my whole day was like ruined. I think it's just understanding what you need and knowing what makes your body feels good too. So I think tapping into, same with intuitive eating, what you need in the moment, what kind of exercise you need in the moment too. Um, That's a harder one for me to peg. I think because (laughs) hunger for me is more instinctive. Like this is more of a survival thing than... I mean, movement, you also, that's a survival thing too. But like hunger, you definitely got to eat. So I feel like it's easier for me to be like, I want a ham sandwich. But for me, I kind of, yeah, I kind of just visualize what I need in the moment. Like if I'm like, I think getting outside and getting fresh air is like what I need right now. Or if I want to be surrounded by other people and like go to like a bar class or something that would make me happy. I think just thinking about how you'll feel after is what makes me Yeah. Once I started using movement as a way to make me feel better as opposed to like a way to lose weight, um, I I really started to lock into that feeling too. And like yoga always makes me feel good. But today, for example, I did the 5.45 a.m. class, which was like super stretchy and that made me feel really good. And then I was at work and there was a 12 p.m. class and it was more of a power dynamics class. And I was like, my body felt like it needed that in the moment. It felt like it needed that strength. Um, so I did that one too. And they both fit into my life really well. But then there are days where I'm like, I just need to walk. I'm waiting for the day where I want to mm-hmm. run again. There was like a time where I always was like, yeah, I got to go on a run. Like it felt really good to me. I have not had that season in my life for like two years and I'm just okay with it. <laughs> like maybe yeah, I'll run again or maybe I won't. I don't know. But if that's not something you enjoy, then like you don't need to do it. You know, I think sometimes mm-hmm. people are like, you need to do this sort of exercise. And I think just like tuning that out and listening to what you need. Um, not everyone's a runner. Not everyone's a yogi. Like, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I, t- I try to talk to people about yoga a lot because I just find that it's one of those things that really quickly gets you into your body. And then I have to remember mm-hmm. Nina like intuitive movement. Like not everybody is going to want to be a yogi and you have to be okay with that. Yeah. It's like, I just want to dance. Yes. I know. My manager was like, I just love hip hop. Like that's my choice. (laughs) It's like, I wish I could do that, but I would look like a fool. Liz looks freaking amazing when she does hip hop. Oh, I love that. It's my, I'm really sad because we had a really, I moved and there's a really great hip hop studio that I used to go to in Columbus and they need to make more of them. There's like, that is so cool. they need to make dance classes for adults that don't want to like do recitals like children. <laughs> like 
all of the hip hop classes I found are like, come to this little kid's dance recital or dance studio, be the only adult. Like that doesn't sound appealing. They have them here in Columbus. They do. Mm -hmm. They don't hear. Not even like Zumba. Yeah, I was going to say Zumba. So I feel like Zumba isn't the same though. Yeah. It's like, it's a little, it's fine. It's just not. You like, you just jam with jam. the booty, The hip hop booty. Yeah. Yeah. Bouncing. I wish I could do that. I have no moves. But yeah, I think like finding what you love is like what exercise should be about. So it's supposed to be enjoyed. So. I completely agree. It all goes to, it all freaking goes together. Like every, yeah. everything goes back to, and we talked about this in the previous episode we recorded, but it's like everything goes back to really getting in tune with yourself, learning to come talk to yourself from a place of love and self-care. And then you start to realize what you need, whether that be food, movement, like relaxation, I don't know, but it all comes back down to that core value. And I think tuning out the noise, like tuning out what people are doing too. Cause I, I used to get so pumped that I was like, oh, well, they're always drinking a green smoothie. So I have to do that. But like, that's not what I enjoy in the morning. So I think it's figuring out what you really enjoy to eat. And sometimes I have a lot of clients who are like, I don't even know what I enjoy because they've been dieting for so long. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just sometimes it takes like a few weeks of just like, trial and error of what you really like. Same with exercise. So, Well, thank you so much for coming on and talking about this topic. We haven't really touched on intuitive eating in a while. I know it's been sprinkled in the Finding Your Shine podcast like throughout the couple of years, but we haven't touched it in a long time. And I think it's just a good reminder for, for me and Liz, I'm sure, and also our listeners, because all of us are always struggling like foods in our life 100% of the time. So it's good to have three times a three day, times a day. So it's good <laughs> to have these reminders. Yes, definitely. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. I had so much fun and always love listening to your podcast. Thank you. We can't wait to listen and be on your podcast. Can you let our yes. listeners know where they can find you and where they can find your podcast or if they want to work with you on intuitive eating, how they find you? I'm going to follow you right now. So I'll just with one stone. Awesome. So I am at Jen Lyons Wellness. So J-E-N-N-L-Y-O-N-S Wellness on Instagram and then jenlyonswellness.com. And all my information's there. And then I also have a podcast called The Finding Wellness Podcast. Yay. So good. Okay. Well, thank you again for coming on the show. And we can't wait to talk to you soon on your podcast. Yes, can't wait. Thank you, guys. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks, you too. Well, a big thank you again to Jen for coming on the show today to talk about something that obviously is very near and dear to our hearts. Intuitive eating has been a big part of the podcast really since almost the beginning when we had Simi on pretty early in the show. So, um, you know, we really appreciate her offering that insight. And if you guys want to check out her website, it's jenlyonswellness.com. That's Jen with two N's. You can also find her on Instagram and all of the other wonderful places on the internet. Before we head out, I want to remind you to, though I'm not the best at uh, being on those stories, though I'm trying to be better, 
Um, we are on Instagram. You can find us at Finding Your Shine Podcast. And not only are there stories about what's going on in our day-to-day stuff, but there's also great episode quotes, um, pictures of us being cute together. And in the highlights section, you can find all of our discount codes that we share with listeners. So if you didn't grab that at the beginning of the episode and you want to check out further foods or Align or any of our other sponsors, you can do so in the highlights section. Thanks for joining us and we'll chat with you next week. 